is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I am James Seltzer, and with me, the man, the myth, legend, the idea man himself, Mr. Jack Fritz. What's up, Fritz? Takesman, idea man. I got listen. I got a lot of ideas for bro. I like this idea man. Is we, good. We've, we've got we've got some things here in the High Hopes Hopper. That is, uh, it's going to come out. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Jack threw some ideas at me before we got started here, and I loved every single, like, loved every single one. It's very rare that you're like, oh, I'm so in on that. Oh, I'm so in on that. I was in on all the ideas you brought. That's a, that is your brand, though. You're very in. I'm an in guy. You're in. I'm a you're positive, always in. positive guy. What can no, I, I say? No, I know, but, like, listen, it's time, it's time to bring back the, the, the feeling of being a Phillies fan. I agree. Like, even when the team was bad, these people were at the Phillies game. And it's time to bring those people. We're gonna get we're gonna get into that. That's what they call a tease in the radio yeah, business, right? Yeah, there. I've been working here for a and little. Bit. I'm really excited about this idea because he said this idea to me, and I was like, "Yes, let's do it right now." We're do, we're talking about it on this show, so that's coming up. But we we got to start with an actual awesome baseball team right now, Jack. Sitting at 28 and 19 right now, coming off a series win against the Braves, taking two or three. And um, let's start there, and we're gonna dive into all of it, including. The love of your life, Sir Anthony Dominguez, among other things. No, but, I have not stopped thinking. About <laughs> I, I do. I, I that that ninety nine per hour mile per hour heater is just like playing in my head on a loop, on a loop, on a. I mean to bust that pitch out in that spot on a three two count. Ooh, after man. after Jorge stole a strike, he stole oh, a strike man. on three one, and that, comes back with ninety nine at the knees. That was some. That was some pitching. Right there. So we'll get into Sir Anthony, but just overall take, we just look, the Phillies have struggled against the Braves so far this season. Braves come into town in first place. They still leave a half game up, but a really successful series taking two or three. And in my mind, really kind of putting themselves on the map saying, hey, we're for real. This is not, you know, fluky. This is not just a, you know early season start. We can compete with the best teams in the league. What was your biggest takeaway from the series? Well, first off, I just love that. I love that Kapler came out yesterday before the game and most managers definitely that deadbeat Pete McCann <laughs> Pete McCann would have been like yeah it's just another one of 162 and oh absolutely and, and Gabe comes out and he's like this is a big game this is a big game uh it's a it's a it's a it's a show me game for the Braves against the Braves and the fact that they went out and they responded I mean that the, the, the pitching staff allowed Three runs the entire series. Yeah, just the one game. Which Two is, shutouts. Which is wild. Um, but Gabe set the tone, and then Carlos Santana was the first one out of the bowl, first one uh, onto the field yesterday, taking taking grounding fielding practice uh, after what four straight games with an error. Yep. Uh, it, it it felt like a heightened level of baseball. I think they were treating it almost as if it was a playoff series, which I really I really <laughs> liked. I love that. It's great. It's great. And they went out and they responded. They held down. I mean, the Braves' offense is legit. The, Braves uh, offense the best is, in the National League by far, and other than maybe the Yankees and Red Sox and Astros, the best in baseball potentially. The only guy that really, really killed them was Ozzy Albies, who is killed everybody. I just, yeah, I would, I would, I would, yeah. I, would I would need him on this team. Yeah, I need him. Right I think there. he's 21 years old and he's got 14 homers and leading the league in doubles. Uh, That's okay. He's, he's gonna kill us for years. Uh, he's him and Acuna. The thought of him and Acuna is, I don't like that. I mean, for the next decade, I don't not like that. I know, and I don't like it one <laughs> they're bit. They're not yeah. going anywhere. Uh, I, I, I am worried about the Braves for the future. Like they feel just like the Celtics do. Mm-hmm. Which... Well, it's the competing rebuilds, and, and I think both teams had a schedule. I think both teams weren't expecting to 
compete this year. I think it was more a 2019 and beyond type of rebuild for both these teams. Yeah. And the young guys are coming up and playing well, and you just can't hold them back. Celtics are – I almost think that the Braves are kind of a better comp for the Sixers with the really high-end young talent who are just coming up and and just way ahead of their, their years in terms of their talent. And we could be the Celtics and actually win the series. How about that? <laughs> Uh, but look, uh, my, I totally agree with everything you said. It felt like for the first time in a long, long time in this city, it felt that series felt like meaningful baseball. Like these games matter, not just to us, not just to this fan base. These games matter to Major League Baseball. It is part of the map of Major League Baseball of the 2018 season. They were the lead stories on MLB Network. And they should be. MLB Tonight. Leading up to the game, it was like, Phil's Braves. This is the series to watch, series to pay attention awesome. to. Like, ah, I, I was, I've been waiting for that for six years. Me too. And we'll get into it, Pavetta in just a little bit because I know that, that I could just say Jack it go and we could spend the next hour with you just gushing about Nick Pavetta. But It just feels good to be right. I, and, and, and hell yeah. Because like, you were all on Pavetta last year. When, when he was stinking it up, you're like, no, no, no. He's good. He's got stuff. Trust me. I, I will give you all the credit in the world on that. First, though, let's go back to yesterday and to a guy that they brought in here for these types of series, for these types of games. Yeah. Jake Arrieta, I thought that was such a big moment. 1-1 in the series. You've lost three straight series to the Braves. You're at home. They needed to win that series. Again, a game in May can't be that important, but this was a series. It was such an important game to win. And Arietta went out, and he did exactly what they signed him to do. He put them on his back and said, we're not losing while I'm on the hill today. What were your impressions? It was a big bounce-back start after uh, St. Louis. Uh, he was bad in St. Louis, and... Like, I went on the podcast, the, the solo pod, and I was like, I've been frustrated with Arietta the last couple of starts. Uh, just because, like, man, just look at your fastball. Just, like, that's the key to everything with him is locating his fastball. And I get frustrated when the guy who's been around as long as he has just doesn't locate it. But I think that's just me learning how to watch Arietta on a night in, night out basis. That's a good point. Uh, but the guy, the guy's a .84 ERA at home. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. That's I think absurd. That's just this season. But I think overall, I think they said on the broadcast last night, Overall, his ERA at home is .71 at Citizens Bank Park. Like, not just this year. This year, it's right. .84. At career ERA at Citizens Bank Park. Right. Uh, it was a really big moment for him. Uh, it was. I think it was a big moment for the clubhouse, too, because, you know, Pavetta was starting to pitch well. Velasco was starting to pitch well. And everyone, myself included, started to forget about Jake Arrieta. And this was, like, the moment where he's like, guys, I got this. Yeah. Like, get on my back. I'll lead you to the promised land. And now those guys are in the locker room are like, we're not as good as him yet. But I think it was just a big moment for the locker room coming together wise, just saying, like, that's a guy that I can watch him prepare and and know that he's going to go out there every fifth day and give it what he's got. And last night was it was a huge moment for him, a huge game. And uh, just respect to Jake Arrieta. Yeah, and he I think, used the last episode of High Hopes as as motivation. Well, obviously he did. That's all he does. It, uh, it's I I believe the only thing he listens to to get pumped up for games. But I, I think you also make a great point there about it being big for the team because Arietta is the only guy here with that sort of status. Status, you know, he's the only guy here who has won a Cy Young award, who has won a World Series, pitched in World, been a starter in World Series games, all that type of stuff. Santana obviously played in the World Series with the Indians and win it. But Arietta is a guy who, and we heard it, Nola's been on WIP a couple times this week, and he's talked about it. Everyone that you hear about, Velasquez talked about it when he was on the air. 
what it's like to have that guy come into this staff and, yep. and how much that means. And to see him in that spot go out and do that, I think that only heightens that. It only adds to that. So I, I'm with you, well, the, the competitiveness. Just the competitiveness. Yeah, exactly. The, the guy who wants the ball in that spot. The guy who's like, I'm going out there, I'm winning tonight. And and I thought I thought Pavetta did a really, really nice job of that. I was about to get there, yeah. On the first game, and not that I want to gush about Pavetta. Just kidding. I totally want to gush about totally but, like, but like you could you could sense that Pavetta was like, this is my moment. And Pavetta's always been an animated pitcher. Oh, I love that. I love that about him. I know. Him. I know. It's he's, awesome. He's, he's, got a, he's got like a dog kind of mentality no, out there, it, you know? I'm not going to say it. I've been sitting on a take that I'm waiting to unleash. <laughs> I have a, I have a take for you later too, by the way. But it's a, it's a it's a very it has nothing to do with the Phillies. It's just, a baseball take. Okay. But we'll get we'll get to we'll get to the takes. But in a minute, but, but, but Pavetta, I thought it was he was really into it. He knew it was a big moment for the team, and he went out there and he shined. And I think that's directly from Arietta because I could I could kind of see like the, like Velasquez and Pavetta and and Eflin kind of like needling Arietta, like hey old man, like you gonna catch up to us yeah, or whatever. Sure. And yesterday he went out there and and shoved. And I also what I loved, and I, look, I think the um, the not striking guys out thing is so overrated. I, I, I look, you need, and that's what we saw. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what we saw yesterday. When he needs the strikeouts, they're still there for him. In a sense, but he he also needs them to get out of like when he gets into trouble, he needs to be which able to we saw, guys which out. we saw, and then obviously, uh, you know, so the Cardinals started. He just didn't. He just didn't, have, didn't it. have it, and that is a fair point. But I do, I think that it is somewhat overrated in the sense that if you can be efficient with your pitches and can. You know, induce weak contact, which that was the problem in St. Louis. Balls were getting hit hard. On yeah, him. yeah. But if you can induce weak contact, I, I don't. You don't have to have the strikeouts. You just need to be able to get them when you need them. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do that yesterday. But um, he, was, he was ninety-two to ninety-four too. Oh yeah, which was great. Yeah, and it is a good point. He has looked much better at home. Just consistently, you think about all his rough starts. Well, the Pirates start. The Miami start was rough. The, yeah, the Pirates start was the best start we've seen. I mean, yeah. he had, that was that was vintage twenty fifteen Jake Arrieta there, um, but. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I look again. Just a, just a monster series for them to win, and uh, Pavetta. Just on Pavetta, um, man, he's a lot better than I thought. You you were you all the props because you called this last year. If we had only had the High Hopes podcast during last season, this take would be everywhere. But you were all on him, and you said, "I love the motion, I love the the stuff, I love the demeanor," and that's what I love. I love this kid's demeanor. Like he's he looks like a pitcher out there. He looks like a guy who 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 is just so intense, and he and he fights through tough spots. I love that he fights. He's not one of those guys who goes on tilt like Vincent Velasquez, who when he gets into a tough spot, granted Velasquez, those three strikeouts with the base load the other night was nice to see. He's developing. He's I'll, developing. I'll, I'll he's I agree. Developing. Yeah, that's yeah. why I wanted to kind of table that. But yeah. Pavetta's ability to, to you know, kind of put his head down in tough spots and work his way through and get out of tough spots has been the thing that's impressed me the most about him this year. Yeah, it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot like watching high school Fritz. And it's, it's it's like a it's like a mirror image when I see the the intensity the passion, uh, uh, but seriously the the, the stuff obviously <laughs> yeah, right of course, yeah. um, but if you if you take out the national start, I know you can't take out starts. His ERA is two point two five. Oh yeah, no, it was it's one bad start. Like you know, obviously a couple so so starts, but only one time he got rocked. Yeah, and I thought his curveball took some steps back the last couple starts. It's been back the last two. Uh, definitely his curveball the other day was just disgusting. He, he He's starting to love his changeup, which if he develops his changeup, it's just game over. It's game over. He threw three straight changeups, and I, like, I was mad at him because, like, what are you doing that for? And then the, finally the one got rocked to, like, the wall. Um, but 
listen, I'd be lying if I if I said that I haven't been thinking about about playoff Pavetta. And like, I kind of want Pavetta to start the first wild card game. Just start the wild card game, <laughs> the play in game. Come on, play in game, play in game, you Pavetta. Magic and look, I mean. But you know what? I love the I love the heart of your point because you're right. Like he is like Ariad in that way. He has that feel of someone who is intense and who like is gonna want the ball in a big spot. I said this. I said this last year is that he looks like 2013 Arietta. Yeah, he does. Before he blew he really up. does. It's just the delivery is even so similar too. But like, like easier, easier. Like like Arietta labors. Like when when you watch Arietta, it's like when he's bad, like the Cardinals mm-hmm. game. Very laboring. Mm-hmm. Pavetta's just free and easy. Yeah. A little crossfire, even though not as much this year. His mechanics basically just from mechanic-wise, like they're just much more sound. They're much more repeatable. Everything. That leads me to a perfect question because uh, we're starting to see a lot. And a perfect question for you is someone, you know, pitched at a high level. Uh, sort of. w- w- uh, you know, Enough. look at this. You're, more you're than just, most. You're, I'm trying to give you compliments now. And you go, see, it's funny because you'll say them, but then when someone else says them, you're like, nah, nah, nah. Um, but we're starting to see a little bit of, of the, the pieces coming out, and we're starting to see more people say it and starting to say, hey, we should be talking about the job that Rick Kranitz is doing here. For real. For real. Like, and I, I'm guilty of it. I think we're all good. We haven't mentioned his name nearly enough on this podcast. Nope. As someone who understands the role of a pitching coach, all that type of stuff, um, I think it's hard for the average fan to, to really know what that guy does. And obviously, you're not in there. You're not seeing Kranitz work with them and stuff, but but... The effect that Rick Kranitz has had on this staff, what do you make of it? Well, I remember when he was announced, I was actually mad. I think we all were. We were like the assistant guy. Like, okay. He was the the assistant pitching coach last year, and they waited a month after they signed Kapler to to do it, so it felt like they were looking for someone else. And, And it was the only one of them that wasn't a big announcement. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, oh, we got John Maley. You know, oh, we got Rob Thompson. But then it's like, who's the pitching coach? If you look on the site, it says the pitching coach is Rick Kranitz. I never even heard anything about it. I had to look on the Philly site to find out who their pitching coach was. I never even heard it from them. Yeah, I know. And uh, and look at us. Because <laughs> we, yes. we were wrong about Rick Kranitz. Yes. He's been he's been just really good. And he talked to the guys, and they just really trust him. Uh, Pavetta's taken a really, really good step forward. Like, what I didn't like about him last year, and this is going to get inside pitching, but, like, he was – when you drop down your hands and change, he was changing his his hand motion a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas now he's just straightforward and it's just a much simpler mechanics. Um, but like in games, it's kind of tough to see what a pitching coach does because every time they come out there, it's pretty much always eh, throw strikes. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally. what it always is. Um, but I mean, my pitching coach in college, my sophomore year, he was the first one that really brought the whole um, first guy out of the pen thing to my to my eyes and. It was wild because I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense. And our best reliever was our closer the year before. And I think he was, I think he was top five in the league in saves. He became our first guy out of the pen and it just changed our games. It was, our games got way shorter. So it was the first time I ever really saw it. And then that year was the year that that Andrew Miller was unleashed in this role. Sure. And I was like, listen, coach, you're, you're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Terry Francona light over here. Yeah. And, and, and Kranitz, I think, has done a good job of knowing which guys to use in which situation. I think he's, I think he's done a good job with the numbers, really, because they, they know – Who's like like if Ramos slider works against this guy? If 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 it's a great point. If Garcia's it's the stuff we don't see. If Garcia's splitter works against this guy, uh, Sir Anthony, just come in and do you. Uh, yeah, just be you. Dude. <laughs> Adam, Morgan. I got nothing to say to you, man. You're perfect. I, I think what Kranitz has done for the most part has been great. Is he's been a great communicator, and I think what he does really well is uses the numbers to his advantage. They don't always go with their with their with the, what the numbers say because Sir Anthony should not have been there against Freddie Freeman. Yeah, no, um, I, so, I mean, especially when you have Adam Morgan on the like waiting to go, right? Who owns him? So, owns him. Um, 
I think he's. I think the guys just trust him. Every time I listen to them talk about, it, they call him Cranny. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it's been it's been good. He's been really impressive. Velasquez, I think he's. I think Cranes has changed Velasquez's mentality. I mean, I mean Velasquez after or during the Giants game was saying, "I just changed my mentality and started saying F it," which which is you, awesome. That's you, what we always ask for. No, I know. Trust but, your stuff. And, and it's weird because. You would you would think that a pitcher can always be in the effort mentality, but it's just not realistic. Except They're human unless, beings. Unless you get in your head, you overthink things. It's who you, it's who we are. Unless you know? if you're Max Scherzer, like somehow Max Scherzer is always in the effort yeah, mode, which well, he's just a crazy person. Yeah. But Velasquez is in a really nice stretch of that. I think Kranitz uh, has done a really good job of of mostly communicating. And I think he just has elevated these guys' mentalities. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and I'm happy you brought up that. Actually, hold on. One more. Yeah, yeah, sure. One more that I forgot about. Uh, Nola's talked about it a lot. Velasquez has talked about it a lot. And so Pavetta is that they noticed, Kranitz noticed that last year they weren't using their legs enough. And now they're all using their legs more. It's huge. And their velocity has, has stayed up or even gone up a little bit in early in games and maintained throughout the game. So, so the nice thing about Velasquez right now is he's still hitting 96 in the sixth, which you've never really seen from him. Yep. Uh, Pavetta all throughout his starts using more and more legs, and he is hitting 97. Uh, Nola's up to 96. Yeah. And no, we keep talking about it. Like, whoa, Velocity up. Whoa, Velocity up. Legs, Eflin. Legs, legs, legs. Arietta, like all of them. Eflin, I uh, know. Um, I think the legs thing is a great point because I don't think – the average baseball fan realizes how crucial a pitcher's legs are to them. And, most and important. Most important. That's what Roger Clemens always used to say. He's like, I don't work out on my arm. I work out on my lower body. He's like, all of it. That's all I do. Yeah, after he injects after, himself. Exactly. You know, it worked, right? But By the way, don't tell 12-year-old Jack that Roger Clemens <laughs> Like, I was watching a CBS interview, and, like, my dad was saying, oh, he's lying. I'm like, I think it was the first time I was like... Shut up, Dad. No, uh He's not lying. He's a rocket. It's a rocket. I love I love. That. I was at his first 20 strikeout game. Now that's that's one to write home about. It was if I were not five years old or whatever, and I remembered it better, it'd be <sighs> a lot cooler. But it's still cool to say. I would say so. Uh, but I, I also I'm really happy you brought up the point about the use of statistics there, and we've seen that a few times where this staff as a whole has decided to not just follow the numbers like everyone thought they're going to do. Use your gut, Gabe. And he's done it. And I think that he deserves a little credit for that because people have given him so much crap for saying he's never going to do that. It's always the numbers. He's done that multiple times, especially of late where he said, you know, I don't care what the numbers say. This is my feel. And and that's been fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that it's funny because <laughs> when it works out, oh, of course, it's always the feel. Uh, of course, and when it uh, this is gay though, like when yeah. it works out, it's always the feel. When it doesn't work out, it's like well, the numbers. Yeah, no, it's a nice <laughs> excuse there. Yeah. Sure, I know sure. He, he's so smart with the media. He's genius, dude. I mean, sending Angela flowers after he had his uh, is it, like that is such a subtle brilliant thing to do because Angelo Angelo's going to do what he's going to do but like even if it's the tiniest little bit he takes off the top you know what I mean contributing to Howard Askin's bike thing like all that stuff like that was just really second level type of stuff that I've never seen another manager now in this he just do. has to endorse the High Hopes podcast we're waiting for it Gabe, Gabe come on Gabe, just, just come yeah, on you're back before you got here Fritz and I were sitting here going hire Gabe Kapler we need you I think we're the only ones we were the only ones <laughs> so Gabe we love you whenever you want to come on and hang out High Hopes you're yeah, 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 for sure. honored guest I will even work out yeah I, I would I would come out of working out retirement for you, Gabe Gabler. Um, but I I think that's been interesting. We've belabored it way too long. We've been talking pitching, we've been talking bullpen, we've talked just just Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. Uh listen, listen. I don't know what- <laughs> real quick, let me set this up with the my phone has been broken for three days 
and my phone starts working this morning, and the first text I get from Fritz is, have you stopped thinking about Sir Anthony Dominguez? Because I haven't. And that was it. Yeah, I, I haven't stopped thinking about him. Just like, and I wrote an article this week on WIP about how he should be the fireman. And and through two games, it's been brilliant. It's been perfect. Listen, uh, we don't we we on the High Host podcast and on the WIP Evening Show do not endorse Sir Anthony Dominguez to be the closer. We want Sir Anthony Dominguez to be our seventh inning guy, our eighth inning guy, multi inning, and then close. it's a whatever inning you need him guy. Right. So for example, and and this is the, honestly it was so perfect to to show people what we were talking about because against the Braves Monday and against the Braves last night. He came in, well, first last night it was second and third. It wasn't the top of the order. But the eighth inning, he faced Albies, Acuna, and Freeman again, as well as Monday night. And that's the, that's the important part of the game. Like, you don't, want, you don't want Hector Neris in that situation in the eighth inning just so you can hope you can use Sir Anthony in the ninth Absolutely. inning. Absolutely. You have to use your guy at the time of the, at the crux of the game. Yep. And Sir Anthony has come in to these ridiculous situations for a guy who's been up here for 17 days. It's unreal. Been calm, cool, collected. 99 cutters he looks like like i don't know what young mariano rivera looked like but it had to be this i do uh it, it had look, to be it's, this it's 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 similar like at least he's not young mo was um pretty amazing on that like 95 team when wetland was the closer in 96 or whatever it was when wetland was the closer and and mo was that guy he was the two winning guy and he was everything and more and, well, Sir Anthony hasn't allowed a run yet. Yeah, no, and look, I, I, again, I, you know, you know, I think I, history also changes your view. It's hard to say anything was ever better than Mariano Rivera, but like, no, what, I, well, I mean, even right. Mariano's going to stand the test of time, right? I don't think we'll ever see a closer. Mo- and it, not just that. I mean, it is just a tangent. The most amazing thing ever that he is the greatest reliever of all time, and he had one pitch. It is the most amazing thing ever. I think what's more amazing is that more people have walked in the moon that have scored on him in the postseason. Wow, that's a really fun stat. That's an insane stat. That's an insane stat. Um, he honestly, I, I don't want to throw the Mo comparison because it's almost not fair. It's not fair. He looks like a shorter Kenley Jansen. Uh, that's a great comparison. Just from the stuff, like it, it cuts at ninety eight, just like Jansen's does. Um, it's just the the demeanor. Also, like he's a great kid. Like if you've heard any of his interviews, he's fun. He's just he's just like yeah, man, thanks. Like this is awesome. Even though it's like broken English, but it's still like. It's it's like watching Dario Sarge. Like watching Dario Sarge as like the European guy that doesn't quite get the American yeah, stuff. I sure. think it's it's hilarious. And Sir Anthony kind of has the same thing. But just comes in 98. Like last night is a 3-1 count in the biggest spot of the game. He gets a call strike on the outside corner and then blows 99 by a guy. In like like it was such a great pitch in that spot. Like it was such a great pitch. I can't believe that they already trust him this much. But adding well, that, him, that's what I'm, he's their number one reliever. Like <laughs> however you figure it out with clothes or all stuff, he is he is the guy that Gabe trusts most already. Period. And, yeah, and he's just it, day one. He's the best best reliever on the team. Comes up here and just the fact that he can go out there, face the best part of a lineup, and shut that down really quickly. Like he's the fireman. And adding that to this bullpen that's already ridiculously talented, it's just like he's such a weapon. He's he, an X factor. He's going to be down the stretch. We're gonna get a heavy dose of Sir Anthony, and the fact that he's a former starter is huge. His arms already built up. It's a he's Josh Hader type thing. It's Josh Hader. It's Andrew Miller. It's, it's Archie these, Bradley. It's all those guys. All these failed starters. Yeah. Listen, I have been searching for that guy 
for about three years. You, so you talk about it. I mean, Chad I, Green. The, the amount of times I've heard you say Archie Bradley to me, it's more than any non-Philly athlete on the planet you have said, Archie Bradley, I want an Archie Bradley. I need an Archie Bradley. By the way, uh, Josh Hader is like on pace for 200 strikeouts in 98 innings. Josh Hader has a 57% <laughs> strikeout rate. Like it is, it, no one's ever, it's impossible. Like it is not, it doesn't seem possible what that guy is he doing. He might be better than Andrew Miller. He might. Well, right now he certainly is. Yeah. I mean, better than Miller when that run. And and just to your point there, like yes, like to all the people out there who maybe don't get it or whatever or or aren't quite on the uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez should be the high leverage guy rather than the closer guy. Jack is a, a trillion percent right on this. Like you saw the value of that. What Terry Francona did with the Indians in the playoffs was. In my opinion, the best baseball managing job I've ever seen. And they obviously didn't win. But the way he he brought uh, Miller out in the fourth inning of a game, he brought mm-hmm. him out in the ninth inning, brought him out in the sixth, it didn't matter. Well, it's remember, like, and it's, I'm, along with that, uh, Joe Girardi brought out Chad Green in, in the wild card game last year in the second inning. Yep. And they won that game. They won that game. He pitched, what, four innings that yeah. night, I think? And yeah. just completely it was amazing. He was the reason they won. He kept, kept them in the game. Kept them right in the game. Yeah. Having that guy, it just it changes the, di- it the changes dynamic everything. of the whole bullpen. And and to your point, it, it, is, it is so silly to say, hey, let's wait for a three-run or less lead in the ninth inning to use our best pitcher. It's it's stupid. It's antithetical. It's it, it is malpractice, and I'm so happy that Gabe sees that, and especially a guy who can go multiple innings. That's the other thing. You wait for the closer spot. You know, that's what's been interesting with haters. They're getting him some saves by letting him go two innings at the end of games. Which... I thought I thought he was about to go three last Me night. Me too. Sir Anthony. Yeah. Like, I thought if, it, yeah. if if his spot wasn't up in the in the order, I think, I think he might he have. Let him... If it weren't a close game, too. Six pitches in the end. Yeah, no. And um, I, I'm with you. And I like, think... obviously, Ectoneris is not the answer. Like, he's not the answer. Oh, very clearly. So, like, just go. F- you can go find Zach Britton. If you want to sign him in the offseason, sure. Go, go get a closer. Go trade for Kelvin Herrera or someone like Brad Hand, someone who's not going to cost a ton of money, who's on a team that has no chance. Did you see the sliders that Brad Hand? Brad threw, Hand's awesome. Threw Bryce I don't Harper think yesterday. they trade Brad Hand, but I always throw his name in when I'm talking about this, just because I really would love that Brad Hand. Oh, here. he'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, but. And and leave Sir Anthony. He's he he is way. It's it's a waste. He's way too valuable in the high leverage. And and listen, this is just us trying to explain it to people that maybe don't understand what we're talking about. But the thing is, is that Gabe knows. Like Gabe Gabe, knows. Gabe knows. And And, and you'll see this more and more as the season goes on. Totally agree. And you'll see it more and more throughout baseball. We're already starting to see that since Tito kind of changed the model. Like changed baseball. Yeah, he really did. And uh, I think to your point too as well there that when you look at the situation. Uh, look, Naris is not the guy. Just because we're saying we want Sir Anthony to be the the kind of tool that you can use for any different thing, the Swiss Army knife of the bullpen in that way in the most important spots, that doesn't mean we're not saying we don't want them to find a closer. Like, I want someone who I feel confident in handling that role. Yeah. I think it's important to have a guy you trust in that spot. It's just not important enough to take all the downside of moving Sir Anthony out of the the role that he's in right now. Yeah, and, and guess what? Like, if, if it calls for it, Sir Anthony's going to close games. If if a guy pitches eight innings or whatever and the game gets tight, I mean, Sir Anthony's going to be there in the ninth inning. Like, and he can close games if he yeah, needs Yeah, if to. you need him. If it's a 2-1 game and it's a crucial game and you got the ninth inning, of course. Yes, he's there. That's like, the point. You can use him wherever. The most important high-leverage spot of the game, that's where he should be used. So let me ask you this, and I'm wonder- I've am i been thinking about this for the last couple of days. Let's say the eighth inning, 2-1 game, and it's 7-8-9 up. Do you, I I don't I think I would use someone else and then leave have Sir him Anthony for the top. Well, I mean, why not? Or have, or, or, or both, or, 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 go- or if they get on base, 
like seven, eight get on base, nine is up, or no, like like seven gets on base. Well, it's a question of how many innings, like if he's pitched the night before or whatever, stuff like that, because I think normally you just say, screw it, I'm leaving him out at eight and nine. Go get three outs and go face the top of the order and he get could, it done. He could, pitch the, he could finish the eighth and then close the ninth. Sure. But I, I'm just wondering how, how matchup dependent. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be. I think it's interesting. When also, you could look at it and say, like, and in that case, I think, you know, you probably would if you think, hey, you know, Ramos can get the 789 guy out. That's fine. Yeah. And then bring Sir in. So I'm with you. I think the key to this whole discussion is it is correct for Gabe to be flexible with his role and not kind of pigeonhole him in that closer role. Their bullpen is ridiculous. It's exciting, man. I mean, Ramos, Luis Garcia, all legit, high, high really good weapons. Adam Morgan is I can't believe how good he is. It, one of the one of the most surprising things that has happened in my time as a Philly sports fan <laughs> is Adam Morgan being used. He was the punchline of I every joke. Him. We I all did. Hated him. And he is such a valuable reliever. The only lefty you can really count on on this team. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he is a really Until valuable Brad piece. Here, yeah. yeah, well, exactly. See, that's <laughs> good job by you, Fritzy. Um, but yeah, no, I've been really impressed. Like you said, Arano. We haven't. I mean. You, granted, hurt for a little bit, but that's another guy where you're like, whoa! Like he's like the fifth, sixth guy in the bullpen, and, yeah, and they brought him out in the fifth the other night. Yep. So he was, that and he guy. got out of a tough spot. That was yep. a big, that was a big spot for him to come in and, and get when Velasquez struggled. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you 100. percent It's exciting. The bullpen. We don't talk about enough what a major factor that could be, especially come the playoffs. We we've all seen the last few years how crucial that and part of the game can and be, especially once. Tommy Hunter gets going. I know everyone's kind of down on him a little bit, but he's also, this is basically his spring training, so he's still feeling things out. I agree. He's a really good uh, weapon against left-handed hitters. Um, he'll he'll figure it out. I, I'm very confident in Tommy Hunter. Um, it just he's, It's basically his extended spring training right now. I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Uh, covered the pitching staff pretty in-depth here. Yeah, just a bit. But basically the whole podcast. Well, I mean, so, they allowed three runs against the, the best look, offense but, in the and NL. Look, and not just that. That's the thing. The reason they are 28 and 19 right now is because their pitching has been awesome. Yeah. That is the reason they're a good team right now. And, and that's kind of where I'm going. Outside of Odubo Herrera, literally no one on this team, Cesar has had some nice weeks here and there. You know, he's been good, better than I expected. Rees had a nice couple weeks start of the season. Now he's in a real funk. Are you worried at all about the offense, or do you feel like that they're going to work through these things and and they're going to be fine from an offensive perspective? Um, I actually think last night was a really uh, positive offensive game, just from the swings I saw. Um, granted, the Altair ball didn't go out, but it was smoked, smoked it, smoked to the wall, and like you can't really justify starting Nick Williams. I mean, Nick Williams is. I'm with you. I know, no, no, especially not, as a weapon, he is a pinch hitter on top of everything. Right, like Gabe is like, listen, buddy, I can't really play you because we do, need man. you in the eighth. Yes, and also it's like whenever I start you, you suck, and then you come through with monster pensions every time I put you in there. Like, you, sorry, bro, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just stop being good as a pinch yes. hitter. Um, last night was a really positive game. I thought I thought Hoskins had a really really good game last night. I know it didn't really translate to the box score, but if you watch the at bats, yep. he had two classic. Reese at bats. Like, yeah, we that know, walk was a really good at bat. And that's what we haven't seen in this little slump he's been in, which has been very frustrating. But of course, I'm not giving up. He's going to be fine. Like, 96 games, folks. Yeah. Please. He's played 96 games in the yeah. major leagues. He we talk in... about him like he's a 20 year veteran or whatever. It's right. Crazy. Inevitably, he's going to struggle. It's all fine. Everybody does. Last night was a really, really positive sign. He smoked the ball the other way, that it, he just got a little bit underneath. Um, but the, the approach is what I need to see from him because that's what's been so frustrating is even when he struggled last year during the end of the season, he was still walking. He was still seeing good pitches. Totally. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was letting balls go in the dirt. This year, he, 
this little slump he's been in, cutters on the outside corner he's still swinging at, even though they're a foot outside, yep. which has been something I'd never thought I'd see from him. But it's fine. He's growing. And last night, I think you see the him coming out of the slump a little bit, showing a lot of chest last night. Oh, his his opening yeah his chest was no I mean like physically, oh, I mean like, like literally showing like chest showing some serious I didn't chest. notice the chest you didn't notice that? I wasn't paying attention oh to man his like chest. usually he's, he's buttoned to the top he's last usually night, buttoned he up like, I didn't notice it he let like it Harper. flow wow. it looked like Harper I, was I like, like that right, loosen yeah. up a little yeah, bit Reese buddy have a little fun out there brother yeah Kingery's been like uh just it's been dreadful watching Scott Kingery it's tough to watch however however what he's done the last two nights I think is important for his growth because. Last night, two nights ago, he started swinging at the first pitch a little bit more, and last night he swung at the first pitch, I think once, and, he, and Acuna made the great diving catch, and that stunk. But he stunk two balls in two straight nights that were both caught, which you know water will find its level. Kingery is a guy throughout his minor league career never really walked. His OBP wasn't great because he was an aggressive hitter and not eye contact, right? Right, and I think. They tried to change that too much, and it got him out of his own comfort zone. I think zone. you're absolutely right. By by kind of pigeonholing him into the team approach that we've seen, it took away what he does best. And you can't do that with every single player. It's just not. It's not possible. It's not baseball. And even I, I like the whole working down pitchers thing, but also bullpens are really good now. That well, that's kind of the different thing about it, right? It's like like sometimes you don't want to get to the bullpen at times. Like, why am I going to face this guy who's fresh, who throws 99 and has a nasty singer or I can face you know Trevor Williams or Chad Chul or some whatever you know some attacking the Pirates starters. I don't know they were the first two that popped <laughs> in my head for some reason it was so random that I went both Pirates but you know what were I mean were you watching that Reds yeah Pirates I was watching a little Red Pirates but still Stephen Brault um, uh, no it's just like it's just like uh just jump on a pitcher. Yeah. And I think that's what Kingery was so good at in the minor leagues. And the last couple of nights I've been encouraged by that. Even Hoskins, you know, he was letting he was letting strikes go right down the middle. Yeah. And just jump on those pitches. Like you have a great approach, a great two strike approach, but to get out of this slump, start swinging earlier in counts. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And look, it's the, that's a lot of hitters have all kinds of things that they could do to get out of funks. And and that could be one swinging earlier in counts, trying to drive the ball to the opposite field. Whatever, opening up your stance, closing up your stance, whatever it is, do something a little bit to try and just get going a little bit. Um, but either way, he had 96 games, and mm-hmm. they've been, for the most part, really a really impressive 96 games. It takes time. Baseball is a game of adjustments. You know, even Mike Trout, when he first came up, struggled and then went back down to the minors. Mickey Mantle. Then got pulled up and has never struggled again, but that's besides the point. Just like Mickey Mantle. Just like Mickey Mantle. Basically, we're saying Reese Hoskins is Mike <laughs> Trout and Mickey Mantle. Well, they didn't send him down, so he's not as bad as those two. See? Look at that. See? Look at this. This is genius here. Uh, and Franco, uh, really, really, like, I was so mad at him for the the Cardinals series and the first two games of this series. And then he, he had a great game. Because he, 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 like, dude, just I know. stop. Just stop opening up. It's crazy, too. Just stop opening up. It's such a simple thing. It's it's infuriating. You know, like, he has to know that that's when he's bad. Like, he's only really, really bad unplayable when he's opening up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it, he needs to change his foot so he's, like, turning in and keeping his clothes. But last night, however, it was a really, really good uh, front. Yeah, game. that one single he had just – really going with the pitch and kind of hit up the middle of the field. Well, last uh, night was the one they doubled off the wall. Well, he had two hits last night. Did he have two hits? Oh, he did have two hits. You're yeah. Right. The, 
the double was great, but I was th- that single was a really nice piece of hitting because it was a spot where he usually opens up in that spot, and he kind of did, but he was able to adjust and and get the bat on the ball and go with the pitch, which is you don't see. I, I thought he was going to swing right through it, and and I, I was impressed. After the double, how worried were you for the? How does it feel to be dead wrong <laughs> about my? About That's my the funny thing is that I, literally I, I've gotten so many tweeter, <laughs> tweets and texts from Jack Fritz every time. So like now it's to the point where it doesn't matter what Michael Frank Frango does, like. No matter what, I just assume that that text or tweet is coming. Also, so. like, like, listen, he's a good defender, and like, I well, don't. That's really- the thing. He's a very good defender, like a very sure-handed defender, and he makes some tough play. As I think, what it is is he doesn't look like he's like big. He's a great range. No, and he also like he doesn't move well, like fluidly. Like he kind of looks like he's like hunkering around, but he makes great plays. I'm I'm with you, man. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's almost always just right on point with the throws. I've been really impressed with Bronco. Yeah, the defense has been pretty frustrating the last couple nights. Yeah, well, um, yeah. It's also baseball, and like it's baseball. King Kingery can't play short. He's not. He's bad at shortstop. I'm with you. He's I, like. I'd rather have Flormon out there defensively, and he's not a superstar there well, either. We've but... seen Gay do that late in games. Yeah, and I, it makes sense. I'm with you, Kingery, and he's really bad at covering second base. Like in any situation when he's playing shortstop, he does a terrible job in any situation, whether it's double plays, whether it's covering second on throws from Alfaro. I don't know why. But for some reason, he really struggles with the mechanics of covering shortstop from from the or covering second base from the shortstop position. It's a weird thing. Yeah, right shortstop's now. different. For no, sure. it's different exactly, but, and the angles are different. The way you approach but like he's is different. Played shortstop before. You would think that he should be much better at it. It is really, but I'm with you. He is when he's playing shortstop. He has been disappointing. I don't know what they're gonna do because he's a second baseman. He's a second baseman. Cesar's really good. Cesar's really Cesar's good. Cesar's turned 28 yesterday. Yeah, I, dude, I've been, I've been, I've said this multiple times. The players surprised me the most. No, I, I know, but like, uh, like, Kingery's not a shortstop. He's not a third base. Nope. Like, are they gonna, just going to move Cesar because they gave Kingery the contract? They almost have to, right? Yeah, eventually they do. You, you made the bet on Kingery. And then what if they go draft your boy Nick Madrigal uh, and all of a sudden it's like a second base? Uh, just yeah. You'll never have a, He's a little guy too. I didn't realize five, how little. I, I didn't realize listen, how little he is. Listen, the little guy. Are we talking market efficiency? Uh, yeah. Are we talking market? Well, that's, inf- I actually have a take on market efficiency. That's where I was going to go. Because right, short, so short players work. Okay, so you, okay, give me, give me. You, yeah, I mean, Kingery, Altuve, Altuve, Albies, Kingery, Dustin uh, Pedroia. Short guys I, win. I like this. this I mean, Madrigal's hit at every level. Like he's, you know, everywhere you see him. You know, the Team USA, all the type of stuff he done. He has hit. Everywhere he's been, so you feel Dude, good about that. Contact batting, rate is incredibly high. Let me let me speak directly into the mic. He's batting four fifty eight. <laughs> he's batting four fifty eight this year at the over five hundred yeah. OVP. No, he uh, he absolutely breaks. And the problem is that he's five seven. Yeah, and like he's if I drafted little. him, he looks little. Oh, he's, he's and it's a, like when you're at that spot in the draft, of, what a third pick or whatever. It's yeah. like it's just tough, man. It's tough no, to take the load. I know, there. but he's the best there in the draft. No, and I'm, I'm he, and look, I want them to take him. I'm happy with that. They're gonna I, take bomb. Yeah, I think. Well, I think they're gonna take a pitcher. I I would rather they take a hitter. And, and the problem is, it's just him and Swaggerton, and then there's really no one Swaggerty. else. Swaggerty. Swaggerty. What a great name, Travis Swaggerty. Bring it. Dude. Yeah, but does a name like that <coughs> ever really work out? No, but it's an awesome name, and when it does work out, it's gonna be like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Swaggerty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. We'll get more in draft. We will. That Jack Fritz is your your go to. Yes, this is that no one loves the MLB draft. Honestly, honestly, I go home, I crack open a cold one, and I start 
looking at draft stuff. I can't wait. I'm I so excited. We're going to talk draft. We're going to try to get on a Baseball America guy. I emailed a guy today. Hopefully we can get Ooh, him on. Ooh, I like this. We've got some experts who really, really can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to cover the draft. We try. Wholeheartedly. Yes. Um. All right. Uh, all right. I'll give you my take since you brought it up. I have, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Excited. I'm going to tell you what is going to be the new market inefficiency in baseball. This is going to be the thing that we're all talking. We always talk about things when they change, whether, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, we're just talking about this bullpen games in Tampa Bay and, and all these types of things. The new market inefficiency is there is going to be a manager or, a, or an organization, however they do it, who is going to take a very aggressive approach with teaching their hitters to hit against shifts. That is going to be the team that finds a way to beat shifts. To, to, and it is insane to me that a guy like Joey Votto, a guy like, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman, these great hitters still. So, and I know that they, the, uh, you know, the, they figure if I'm pulling the ball, I'm a better, I got more of a chance for him run, all that type of stuff. But how do you not force teams to play you more honestly defensively? How do you not just slap the ball to the left side? I, it perplexes me. It befuddles me. Like I don't, I don't have an answer. You're a great hitter. Like bunt it if you have to. Carlos Payne used to get bunt hits all the time against the shift. Like I, I don't understand it. The next market inefficiency, a team is going to figure out the way the best attack aggressive shifts, and that's going to be something that's going to change the game. And uh, maybe it's just that it's a hot take because it's, it's, it would be hard. Like it's it's a it's. Because the shift is so different for each player, you're against what they're supposed to do. Whoever can figure out the way, at least for the biggest type of shifts, to consistently beat that, it's going to be a marketing. Who can ever make it more effective than a home run, basically. Exactly. That's my point. Is like the whatever, one out of 13, 16, 18, whatever type of hitter you have, 20 times they hit a home run in that spot. Whatever you can make it so it's more effective when they can hit, you know, 10 out of 20 singles because they bunt it or do whatever, eventually it will get to that point where the numbers say that it makes more sense to do that, and that's going to be a change. Like I don't understand. Like Nick Markake is the guy that spreads it all over the field. Nick Markake has over 2,000 yeah, hits. It's ridiculous. I know. Get out of here. Uh, and like, they're, still, they're even shifting him. It's, like, I don't get it. Like, like I, I, I mean, I'm all for shifts and all that, but like, like the shift on Joey Gallo, the Astros did, which— That makes sense. I get it. It's what they should do. It worked. You're Joe, like the entire team's on the other side of the field. Just lay down a bunt, do whatever. It like, oh my god, it is so it's it, it's so against what common sense would say you should do in those situations. No, I know. I don't. I don't love the shifting. Just like I, I don't love it. I get it. I'm I'm fine with change, and thus I don't. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's way overdone. I just you know just play baseball. That's what I'm saying. Just play I agree. Baseball. And look, it's fine. Whatever. It works. I, get it. It I understand works. it works. It doesn't mean that I have to like. Well, it. Th- but that's why I'm saying like there's going to be a team that's going to figure out at least a better way to to approach it from the offensive perspective, and not let teams just just you know if it's Joey Gallo, not let teams put nine or eight fielders on I the think, right side of the field. I think that I think the other market inefficiency that you're starting to see more and more of is what we talked about earlier with with trying to crush the starter rather than work him. And I think the Phillies are – they're, like, late to the party, whereas everyone else is starting to go towards – 
be aggressive against the starter and try not to, you know, try to knock him pen. out. And look, I think that's also going to be dependent on teams. I mean, certain teams don't have great bullpens and have good starters or vice versa, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll be listen, matchup dependent. Pretty much every bullpen now has ninety. Well, that's the thing too. In. Yeah, that's the thing is the special specialization. I mean, there are enough guys who, especially when you're just asking them to throw one inning and, and all that type of stuff. Um, all right, coming up in just a minute, I want to get to your. Uh, it's not even a take. It's just a brilliant idea, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, but first, coming up uh, this week, we've got Toronto coming into town. We don't need to talk about the Blue Jays. They're twenty three and twenty six. They're they're fine. Now I'm very excited because I want to see uh, Justin Smoke, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and and Jarvis Solarte. Yeah, forget that. What I want to know, <laughs> uh, just because they're playing the Blue Jays, we'll take a quick second. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Oh. We're not going to see him this weekend because he's in the minors. But oh my God, folks, 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 go to Baseball Reference right now and look up Vlad Guerrero Jr. Look at what he is doing in Double A at the age of 19. He's batting 423 in Double A as a 19 year old. As a 19-year-old, like, he, he could be the best hitter, uh, like, the next Trout, like, from a hitting perspective. He's going to be better amazing. than his dad. Oh, he's going to be, yeah, absolutely. And his dad's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a better hitter than his dad. He, basically, how scouts have, have, have compared him is that he's his dad with plate discipline. It's unreal. He's basically Miggy. He's going to be, like, what a young Miguel Cabrera looked like. He it, is It is amazing. unreal. Unreal. Um, also, the Blue Jays coming to down. Very important question that I have been saving, I've been squatting on. But I, I feel the need to bring out on this episode of High Hopes, and this is a trust tree. This is like it's always trust. It's trust tree time, and it's it's this is this is going to be pulling at the heartstrings of Phillies fans. Uh oh, is it to do with JA Hap or something? I want JA Hap more than I want Cole Hamels. Oh no! Whoa! Ooh! Hold on! Hold on! I need to really think about this because I mean Hap's been better. The Eleven point nine K for whatever. nine. He is he is not here. Hasn't been hurt. He has had a better year than Cole Hamels this yeah, year. No, he's been better for he's sure. He's going to cost you way less than it's going to cost to get Cole Hamels. I, what? I I don't think either costs that much. I mean, Cole Hamels is making twenty million dollars on a team that has zero chance to compete, and you know, I, I don't think he'd be that expensive to get Cole Hamels, especially where he's at now. He's and, and Hamels, he leave. for what it's worth, Hamels has been pretty decent this year compared to yes. what I think we expected, but. I actually think I can support that. I think I'd rather have J.A. Happ. I think he's a better pitcher right now. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's going to age better. I'm, I'm, well, he I'm, is aging. I mean, he's older. Right? He's older than he's yeah. Older than Cole so, <laughs> so he's already aging. No, I know, but I, but I, I think you. look. I think I, I think that either way, I think both of those guys would help. Uh, I think what that's if the type they of just guy. Brought him back, both of oh, them. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> Bring it back to 2007, 2008. Yes. Let's go, baby. 2009. Let's roll. I like Jay Happ. I think he's a good pitcher. Uh, I don't think they face him this weekend. They do. They do. Sunday. All right, yeah. Well, so it's actually pretty scouting. funny because um. So it's Eflin for the Phillies. It's Eflin, Nola, and Pavetta, which you love. That you know you've got Nola and Pavetta going in a three game series. I'm That's really, so I'm great that you have those. A very important affluent start. Um, I agree with you, especially after the last one. And you know, kind of we've we've talked about this how last year he came up and had three great starts and then stunk. And the two starts were great, but he needs to. Well, the Cardinals show start some was, consistency. He was. He it was, was fine. It was. It just wasn't bad. Well, there was but a bad error. Yeah. that really screwed him. That's true too. Yeah, I think he pitched well. Uh, just the thing that set Eflin apart than this year than I'm more excited about than in years past. He's, he's he's spotting ninety six to both sides of the plate, right. which he'd never really shown before. And that slider seems like it's hard to square up. Uh, very important Eflin start. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and they should have the pitching advantage. They've got a uh, Sam. Uh, I, it's two Italian. Joe Biagini is pitching on oh, yeah, Saturday, yeah. and then Sam Gaviglio or something like that is yeah. pitching tomorrow. Uh, so nice options for the Phillies. This is a real chance. But that's what I was about to say. And and the last thing we'll do is your idea in a sec. But real quick, when you look ahead. This Toronto series, the Dodgers series, the Giants series, those are the next three series. 
They're incredibly important because come the month of June, have you looked at the Philly schedule in the month of June? No, but I think it's pretty tough. It is as tough as it gets. They have the Giants the first three games of June, and then not a single team who is not in first or second place right now. They have two series with Milwaukee. They have a series with the Yankees. They have two series with Washington. They have a series with the Cubs. They have a series with the Rockies. It's all teams that are playing really good baseball, all teams that are five games or more over 500, some mm-hmm. of the best teams in baseball in that group. It's gonna, it's it's put up or shut up time in the month of June. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Speaking of fun, Jack, everyone, people, if, if people waited forty six minutes just to get this idea, guess what? It was totally worth it. It's such a great idea, Jack. Lay it on him. Uh, I want to bring back the fan groups. I want to bring back the fan groups to Citizens Bank Park. Uh, Where's I, my wolf pack at? Yeah, the 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 Padillas flotillas, the best one ever. Burl's girls, yes, all of them. All right, so let's let's real quick, let's think about this real quick and, and pick one of, on the team here, Kingery's Kings. There's well, there's, there's Kingery's Court. Oh, no, no. Kingery's Court. Kingery's Court. Uh, uh, Kapler's Corner. Kapler's Corner is no brainer. Reese's Pieces, obvious one. And Sir Anthony's Knights. Sir Anthony's Knights. Oh my goodness! Right. Which, this is happening. Which, this is such a good idea. So we're eventually going to do a High Hopes Night at the Ballpark. Yes. And we're going to bring back the fan groups. I, I'm I, like. You have had many great ideas. This might be my favorite. And the other idea that's going to take a lot more work, a lot more logistic work. This one is, this one is, like, it's a great <laughs> idea, too. But uh, this one we could we could make happen with the movement with people. This one you actually might need some some team help on Yeah, this we're going to need some team help, but it's a very, a very, uh, it's, it's an ambitious idea. Uh, we're going to officially knight Sir Anthony <laughs> at, at a ball game this year. We're going to have a, a guy dressed up as a, as a king. We're going to have someone that it has like a Sir Anthony like face on, mask on, and that person is going to be knighted officially in front of the whole crowd. It's a great idea. We're going to need some teamwork. This one is a little tougher to We're make happen, but I like it. it. Don't worry. Okay, well, then it's, then it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I mean, Cindy will make uh, so, it happen. So hopefully we can start working on High Hopes and at the ballpark. We're going to bring back the fan I, groups. I love the fan groups. Like, yeah. uh, the, it was so much fun. Back in the day, and it just—it's something that you Howard's know, Homers with the Homer Simpson mask. Oh, they mask. were great, man. They were—I'm—I'm I'm so in on this. And the ones we just named are all like those are Reese's Pieces, King Reese's Core, like all these like Sir Anthony's Knights, like great, like these are perfect. Yeah, this is happening. High hopes, people. We are going to make this happen. Um, rate and review, right, Jack? Rate and review. Uh, we we did really well with the reviews this last week. There was a a, a good influx of them. That's not the word. Yeah, influx is the word. It's a good, cool. it's a good look at you. Uh, <laughs> just like keep them coming. Uh, we're, we're we're trying to build this thing. We have good listen, listenership uh, recently, um, and it's been great. As the team gets better, I assume more more people are going to listen. Tell your friends. You know, word of mass word of mouth still works. It's a uh, thing. Yeah, it still works. Uh, rate and review. Uh, we love doing this podcast. I think about this podcast a lot. Jack calls it his baby. <laughs> it's, my, it's my baby. He texts me all the time. Hey, hi, this is my baby. And then uh, yeah, keep a, a big a big stretch coming up here before June which is Murderer's Row. Yeah. No, these games are crucial. They are playing bad baseball, especially the Dodgers. Who would have thunk it? The worst team on the schedule right now. Dodgers are awful. Uh, Big, big, big series against Toronto, L.A., and San Francisco just because of what's coming up after that. We'll be with you through it all, though, which is a beautiful thing. And again, rate and review. It makes Jack's... It makes him so happy. Please do it for me, because Jack's great, and and it, it, when a happy Jack is a good Jack for everybody. So sure. it and uh, and to his point, we we couldn't do any of this without you guys. So thank you so much to all you beautiful, wonderful people out there listening. Definitely 
Tell your family and friends about the High Hopes podcast. Tell your uncle that hates a double. That's right. Yes. Tell him. Tell him this is the podcast for him. <laughs> tell tell your uncle that they love a double Herrera and that Sir Anthony shouldn't be the closer. Yep. That'll, It'll be that'll great. Drag him right in. Yes. So. Uh, how, that's what else do I have to say? It's perfect. Again, rate and review for Jack Fritz. Uh, I'm James Helzer. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Hives Podcast. Now See take, ya. Now take out the F bomb. <laughs>